G'day, I'm James. Welcome to the Australian Opinion on Formula One here at the Lakeside Drive F1 podcast. In this episode, we talk about testing. And I'm joined by many friends, my friends and yours. Tommy T, g'day, mate. G'day, mate. How you doing? I'm very well. And Thomas J. Camp. Gentlemen, how are you? Insert song, the boys are back in town. <laughs> I literally haven't seen Campy since. I know, you came into work once yeah, and I, I was flat out and I just kind of gave you a wave and like a fist bump. And, and that's the, the most we've seen each other since our last recording. And to be honest, that's the, that's all the kind of uh, interaction we much. only, all of us ever have <laughs> outside of what we only fist bump and wave. <laughs> Works for me, Tommy. <laughs> he doesn't was, even come and see me. He just goes and get, get, gets a coffee next door. He doesn't oh, even need me. What's, what's your coffee order, Campy? Just a uh, strong latte, yep. extra shot. That you're, yeah. You, he kind of, he seems like a strong latte. You do kind of give guy. strong latte, definitely. Strong we, vibes. We, uh, we're very excited to pour you our own Lakeside Drive coffee, which yeah. is a plug of something that doesn't exist yet. It's about to. Is that a thing, is it? We yeah. Gonna, yeah. I like it. I like it. Yep, Lakeside Drive Coffee. It is going to become it's a gonna thing. It's going to have a different name than that because that's not great. <laughs> <laughs> what did I call it? It doesn't matter. Tommy T Special Roast. <laughs> yes, something ridiculous. It's not going to be that either. <laughs> what was your uh, Bill Gates' is Lizard People one? What was we did. One? We had a coffee called Bill Gates' is a Lizard. <laughs> <laughs> we also had another one. <laughs> At the same time, we had another one from Brazil called 5G is Killing Me. <laughs> Did you manage to? Because you, I assume you do the design. Yeah. Did you manage to maybe put like a campy beanie somewhere in the background of the five Gs? No, me? I didn't. It was just like it's I actually stole uh, a really cool one from Third Man Records. Their like design and I uh, ripped off their like uh, electrical uh, logo. It was really cool. Nice. I yeah. do remember it. it was very yeah, good. it was sick. <laughs> I think I bought it just as an ornament. Yes. It was like, yes. an ornament. <laughs> Where is it? Why isn't it next to your Daniel Ricciardo helmet? Uh, no idea. Anyway. Now, did you watch testing, Tommy T? No. No, neither did I. Campy? <laughs> I did. I watched a bit. I watched a couple of hours a night, so Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or whatever it was. So It's very much a Campy's Corner type Big situation, time. isn't it? Yeah, look, I, I've been ragging on F1 for not televising it, particularly Fox. You mean Stella. Fox Sports, yeah. Yeah, I've been ragging on them, and then they finally put it on, and I thought, geez, I can't not watch this now. So, mm. yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. All right, well, why don't you give us a, a whole vibe and feeling about what actually happened with testing? Well, heaps happened with testing, but, uh, you know, they're separated into two four-hour sessions on a day, evening and night, yeah. and uh, – Three days, very minimal testing. This is one of the only sports in the world where you cannot practice what you do, mm-hmm. you know, in your cars. It's too yeah. expensive and uh, there's a lot of limits on that stuff. So, yeah, look, I, I enjoyed it. I think um, I think the pecking order, particularly at the top, is very cemented thus far with uh, Red Bull and Ferrari. Yep. And I'll say that, not that we're going to read too much into times, just when those drivers were driving those cars. The cars look planted, mm-hmm. they look stable when they're under, you know, long fuel runs or low fuel runs when they're turning through corners. You've got to concentrate on what the driver's doing with the steering wheel. And if there's a lot of correction, it means the car's not doing it, doing what the, what the driver wants it to with the inputs. Yeah. So, but with the Ferrari, and the Mercedes too. The Ferrari, the Red Bull and the Mercedes, very, very stable. Uh, not a lot of correction. Yeah, you get the odd snaps and stuff. Compared to a team like Williams where yeah. those guys were all over the place just in steering inputs trying to correct it. Still getting the job done. But, yeah. Um, 
that says to me that the cars and the inputs that they're putting in, and they're not doing it what they want and uh, improved. I mean, this year, what what has changed from last year is the, is the ride height on the leading edges of the uh, floors of fifteen mil higher yep. than what they were, and that's just to try and compensate for the driver safety with sore backs. I'm sure you heard all about that. Where, where? Drive to survive last, you know, all that garbage. I'm sorry, millions of dollars. So, but. You know, Shut up. It affects the car in massive ways. So, you know, can yeah. put your design philosophy from last year on a big back foot to what it is this year if you're trying to change things. But, uh, yeah. yeah, the Ferrari and the Red Bull, in my opinion, were the two best teams, closely followed by Mercedes. I've got and then a question. Alpine looks very good too. I was going to say, who's the biggest sandbagger so far? Because that's always testing is who's, who's yes. holding back the most. Yep. From your diagnosis, who's holding back the diagnosis. most? Diagnosis. Yeah, Dr. Camp. <laughs> the doctor is in. Don't do that. The doctor. Us, the doctor is in. Give us your thoughts. Who's holding back? Um, Sorry, do you remember when we used to call him the F1 prophet? Yeah, he is. Love well, sorry, that. when we, I say he gave himself, himself. The term now you've what you've done is completely give him. Do you like it? Can't be you I about like it. it. Yeah, yeah, I'm about it. You've done that. Talk to me. All right, go on. I'm about it. Uh, biggest sandbaggers or Mercedes had some technical issues on day two, mm-hmm. but I don't think they showed their hand at all. Their yeah. times were very consistent over the whole three days when they were on track. Uh, George Russell and Lewis looked. Very comfortable in the car, and they didn't give anything away in the media. Whereas Verstappen, you know, he was asked questions like, "Who's gonna, who's gonna be the team to knock to stop you from winning your third drivers' championship?" Yeah. And you know, he answered that in a way that he felt very comfortable and very optimistic for the season moving forward. But for me, I th- really think Mercedes is probably the biggest sandbagger. I think come next weekend, we'll see some massive differentiation in times that were set. This mm. weekend, as compared to next weekend, so are you prescribing the more shirtless pictures on Instagram <laughs> as the doctor? No, you don't know what that is. He's never seen. As, of, as I've said Insta previously, what? George yeah. Russell needs to get his shirt off because his personality is shocking. Anyway, so <laughs> I mean, he's working hard. <laughs> so I haven't watched any, but all I've heard is that Alpine were holding back a fair bit. It seems like they turned down their engines uh, uh, quite a lot. And there seems to be a lot more performance available to them than what the times were showing. At yeah, least. Alpine looked good. Alpine looked really solid. You get glimpses of what the car can do in certain sectors, but they never put it together for a whole lap. Yeah, go into the pits and don't get the you know the the full lap yep. recording. So yeah, look, they'll be good, but I think it's the car that makes that team good, not so much the drivers. So. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't even got the racing. Started. Poor Gasly can't win. Eh? Interestingly, I look at. The, the, the times gained between um, all these teams between last year and this year. Um, just also to put point out, uh, Bryony, hello, Bryony, is here taking some video content for us and she's just moved the Danny Rick helmet from the television <laughs> behind her to the table and, and Campy is, is asking what is going on with hand signals, which yeah, is very kind is. of him. He likes being um, the centre of attention. Interesting. Look, I did watch, I watched the, uh, this is the Rob James shout out. Um, also, Box of Neutrals fans, um, for their first episode, which you'll hear tomorrow morning, you might hear a familiar voice. Um, <clears throat> so I'll say uh, <laughs> the 
the interesting thing between what I saw is that Aston Martin looked bloody quick, but this is the most timed gain time gained between last year and this year. Williams testing to testing. Yep. yep. 2.378 seconds faster this year. I mean, than it couldn't last have been year. much worse, could it? It could if, it doesn't help when they're running a car from 2006. Yeah. Um, Aston Martin, 2.371. <laughs> uh, Alfa Romeo, 2.158. Mercedes, 2.095. Alfa Tauri, 1.741. Red Bull, 1.415. Ferrari, 1.381. McLaren, which I'm surprised they managed this at all considering it looked like their car was in the garage most of the time, 1.011. Haas, 0.86. And Alpine, plus 0.0. 0. Plus 0.064. Yeah, worse. But in terms of sandbagging, yeah, I think and you huge. said they look good. Yeah. I mean. But I think what Camby's talking about is like they're doing it strategically, which is what we talk about in sandbagging. They're deliberately going out and not showing their cards. They're getting the tests they need. So they're going through slow speed corners and they're testing how the car handles. But then they're backing off in a lap to make sure. Apparently like Albon was just giving it, uh, not Albon, uh, Ocon was giving it bootfuls out of turns just to kind of get back onto the setting so he didn't have to worry about the exits. He was just worried about entries at some point. So the car looked like it was out of control, but they were focusing on different things at different times. And we don't know what everyone's looking for in testing. Yeah. Everyone's running different schedules, different programs yep. for specific data points that they need to take back to and the factory. So much of testing is about getting on track data so that they yeah. can put it back into their simulators to get get the closest thing from a like to a computer model as to on track so that when they test and try things out on their computer simulations, yeah, they've got a base point that's giving them the right information to make the changes that they need to make. So you're right, you know, braking and braking and, yeah. and corner exit, mid-corner speeds they're concentrating on. So that compromises your racing line in a traditional sense For sure. what you'd be doing on a race weekend. So. The other thing I will say is I think McLaren are in for a world of hurt this year. Didn't That's, look good, did it? No. Piastri, sorry, we should talk about him quickly. Please. Great, great debut. Like, yeah. That guy in the paddock, is he is a consummate yeah. professional already. Yeah. Uh, very excited to see him. But I think McLaren, they're definitely not going to be the fourth or fifth best best car this no. year. I think they'll slide back down to a sixth and seventh. That's no fault of the drivers. I just think yeah. they got it wrong last year. Yep. With Seidel moving on. And, oh, uh, it hasn't and helped. It hasn't helped. I think it's thrown the team in the deep end a bit. Yep. And they've already rumoured to have a really slow start to the season. I mean, Zach Brown's my, uh, already talked about that. Well, they got some big upgrades coming that will put them in the right direction. Yeah, supposedly. that wind tunnel, that's a big upgrade. Yeah. But that tells me that they're already on the back foot from where they want to be for the second year in a row. I, was and I thinking, don't think that bodes well. I was thinking over the season. analogy this morning, knowing we were recording today. Yes. And I feel like last year testing, Daniel getting sick is such a crucial moment in the development of that McLaren car. Because all the information recorded was Lando's information and feedback back to the team. It feels like you were sick for a couple of days at school and the teacher just put you in a group project and you've turned up and you're in the shit group with the <laughs> shit project started and you've been handed the leftovers and Daniel's walked in, half the project's done like, you're doing the bit about, I don't know, geography, you've got to make the map, pal. And he's like, oh, we've done it wrong. We've started everything wrong. You're already halfway through the project and you're just stuck with this absolute pig of a car for the rest of the season. I really think that was detrimental to McLaren as a, as a whole that they didn't have two sets of input valuable into that car. So they've progressed down this, I think, the worst direction for that car 
And it's evident now that this year that they've continued down that same direction and it's not getting better. They've just they've, they've chosen wrong almost. Like of all the choices you've had for new regulations, they've chosen a direction of design and it's just not yielding results. Yeah, I think you're right. That's my gut feel on it. I hope it's not like that for Piastri's yeah. sake because I really want him to excel. Um, but then again, he's in his first year of this racing in F1, so all he's got to do is compete with his teammate and that's his measuring stick. Yeah. Lando's stock in F1 is as high as it's ever been at the moment for whatever reason. So um, Piastri, regardless of how the car performs on track, is all he has to do is compete with his teammate yeah, and agree. beat him consistently and his stock will go through the roof and he'll get a drive. Regardless, first two years in your F1 career oh, free don't really him. matter for someone like Oscar Piastri. Yeah. So. so what are the key takeaways from testing? Noting that Formula 1 starts this week and, listener, you yeah. will hear a Bahrain GP preview episode uh, in a couple of days' time. But, Campy, what, what's the top line? overall takeaways for testing for this year? We know absolutely nothing about what's going to happen next weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Are you talking about us specifically? No, like no. Anyone. But that's what happens with testing historically. Yes, we talk about it. Yes, we analyse it to an nth degree and you can take in as, as much or as little from it as, as, as you want. But history will prove that what happens in testing doesn't really have an effect on what happens on the first race weekend, yep. except for Braun 2009. Yes. And everyone's like, there's no way this team can be this quick. This is humble. No way. Not a chance. And then that really – their oh. testing pace showed at Melbourne in the first seven yep. Grand Prix that they won. Yep. So so what uh, are your thoughts on Aston then who've, who've come out and they're probably like one testing theoretically? Yeah, considering like, one of their drivers isn't actually driving this year. It's Felipe yeah. Jovovic has is, is been testing the car alongside Fernando because Lance has been injured in this cycling accident, yeah. which is what happened to Fernando, didn't it? Yeah. And was it ahead of his and first Weber season? Too. in twenty? For Alpine was what twenty one. He had a, a cycling accident before he. Which started. all I think is just do your cycling accidents earlier in the off season, not so late. Or just don't have one. Battery Bottas is fine. <laughs> all he does is cycle. Yeah, it's true. We want it to happen to Checo, right? Mid year, mid year. Why we said what do you think of Aston? What can we glean yeah, from that pace? Oh, it was so funny for me that like the first session. Aston had technical problems and and uh, the car had to get towed, so they lost an hour just, you know, by the car getting out. That was Felipe Drogovic, you know, his, his debut in the testing. So um, they came good as the weekend went on, but that first uh, that first session was a bit of a shambles for me. You could see Alonso sitting in the sitting in the garage, just like, oh, no way is this happening again. Really, is this what's happening? But Again, I mean, they've showed improvement from last year. Their car is very similar to a Red Bull last yeah. year's. Very similar. It's a bit like I don't think they've carbon copied like they did when they were racing point and they copied the Mercedes. Wish.com Red Bull. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, look, it'll be interesting. I love the livery. Their livery is the oh, best. Yeah, looks so good. Yeah, it's probably it's the they best. do some stuff really well. Uh, th- that British racing green's a quality colour, especially on especially on racing cars. So, um, look, I really don't know. We'll see this weekend, and we'll know in qualifying who's who and who's who sandbagged yeah. the most and who's the quickest. But I, I do think the top three teams are pretty established. They are clearly further ahead than everybody else. Yep. And Mercedes will make a big jump. This That's year why I'm too. interested in who's fourth. That's because McLaren it's, and Alpine were fighting last year. Well, it's got to be Alpine for me. Alpine can 
their problem over the last few years is when their cars has been really good on track, they've failed to score the big points that they need to through collisions or yellow flags, which put them out of, you know. Reliability. That stuff. <laughs> That's where McLaren last year was able to get that massive jump on them early in the season. Although the car wasn't that great, they got some really big yeah. performances out of the car and gained that big point. But as the season went on, Alpine um, pegged it back and ultimately beat them in the constructors. And But so for Alpine, they need the, Alpine need a really consistent year all round to make themselves that clear fourth best car. Well, it's all to come. Gunther Steiner has said that there probably won't be a mid-pack this year. That's how he's feeling in terms of that. I would want to think that too if I was Gunther. Well, early in the season, it generally works pretty well for Haas. Yeah. At the end of the season, maybe not so much. But yeah. uh, look, that's it. That's it for this episode for testing. Uh, as I said, we will be talking a little bit about a preview of the Bahrain Grand Prix in a couple of days' time. But thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe if you want to. Leave a rating or review if you want to do that. But the main thing you should do if you haven't already is jump across to our Discord server, a brilliant group of people. Now, I haven't actually checked this yet, but hopefully the Fantasy League that website has the, the one person who is responsible for that website has uh, restarted it again for this year um, if that is the case there will be a link in the description below to join our F1 Fantasy League team name competition we'll also have a competition for points this year as well so we can take it a little more seriously but that's it we'll see you very soon for Lakeside Drive Like James said, it didn't in the make episode the cut. that doesn't exist. Yeah, he said you <laughs> talked about it, oh, and he's shit. like, he's oh, like, shit. do you want to retry that? <laughs> <laughs> do you want to have another go?